Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. everyone and welcome to episode 227 of the professional book nerds podcast presented by overdrive this is adam I'm joined by jill how's it going good how are you good we were just discussing the fact that it's freezing in our recording studio it's very cold in here well we've talked several times about they're doing construction in our office we're like doubling the size of everything so because of that there's lots of openings and different like climates <laughs> Yes. In our building. Yes, there is. So it's a crapshoot about what to wear to the office every day. Like, it doesn't matter what it is outside, which... That's why I keep a fleece calves blanket the, at my desk. Yeah, that's really smart. Lots of people do that. I I think I have, like, a hoodie of some sort somewhere, but that's okay. Um, I have a really funny story I want to share with you. Okay. So, as I think I've mentioned several times now, my wife and I are building a house and we're building in this community of townhomes. So we will technically be one of 40 townhomes when we're, we're like in the last section of five townhomes. So once ours are built, that's it. There's 40 of them total. So it's, it's a community of, of all these different people. And then there's going to be a homeowners association once all the 40 of them are together. So basically, like the people who already live there and have been living there have like formed this little community that we'll be joining. And they do all these wonderful suburban things that you would expect suburban communities to do so they have a book club cool i'm bored for that like that was my intro to get to justify talking about this so i'm excited to join said book club but they also uh they sent this email that my wife and i are now on even though our place won't be built till november i'm so excited to see these emails one of them was about they're doing there's like a local minor league baseball team and so they're all going to a game together and they're getting tickets and there's going to be a little potluck like whatever Okay, that's all great. We also realized that they're doing a royal wedding party. What? And I'm so so sad that I'm not living there already. You could probably go. They sent you an invite. I know. That's the thing. It's but it's so it's like it's not convenient at all to where we're currently living. That is fair because but, of the time change too. Like the time. Yeah. yeah. It all just right. and so but like they it was just amazing seeing this email where they were like, "Yeah, if you're interested in coming to the baseball game, just go ahead and give us the money for your tickets either at the next book club or at the royal wedding party. <laughs> and my wife and I are like, hold up, what? This is so, and oh, now I'm more excited than ever to join this little community. So That was amazing. We responded with an email like, hey, this is Adam and Alex. We don't live there yet. We won't until November, but please keep us on this email thread because I want to see everything that happens. So oh, I'm so excited. That's very fun. Also, like half the people that live there are lawyers. So once the homeowner's association takes over the developer who we're discussing with now who kind of manages everything he's like i'm really excited to see how your little homeowners association turns out with half of the people there being lawyers so it'll be fun um yeah i i just wanted to share because book club cool can justify it royal wedding party yes that's pretty cool anyway um do you want to tell people what we're doing today you want me to because i can if you would like 
Hmm? What's that? <laughs> yeah. No idea what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I like started to talk and then didn't, and then <laughs> realized I started to talk and didn't, and so then I got stuck in an awkward place. <laughs> so good. Uh, so good. Uh, no, we are talking historical fiction because on our fancy new website, professionalbooknerds.com, we have uh, – there are polls that we run. And when we first had the website up, we asked what people wanted us to talk about what genre and historical fiction won by a landslide. Yeah. So this is your cue to go back to our website frequently because not only will we change the polls – but we will actually listen to you guys and, and use those polls to build out new episodes. The current poll right now is all about your Harry Potter, your Hogwarts house. Um, so go tell us what your Hogwarts house is. That Nothing will really come of that from an episode standpoint in the near future, but... We just wanted to know. I didn't have a poll that I could think of about... I didn't want to just simply ask one more time, like, okay, now what do you want? <laughs> now that you've heard historical fiction, what do you want to hear? Um, so I, this will be like an interim while we think of something else to put on there. Um, so yeah, Slytherins are underrepresented people. Yeah, Slytherins. I, I need you to vote. Maybe it's because all the Slytherins out there think they're too cool to take part in a poll. They're just like, ugh, I don't want to be a part of your stupid poll. We're independent thinkers. I don't know. No, whatever. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna talk about historical fiction. We are. But before, so I, um, we should have told each other the ones that we were gonna talk about before. Oh, I guess we probably should. But that's okay. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. Um, but do you want to talk, talk about, sorry, I'm speaking really quickly today. Do you want to discuss like a book or two you're reading now? I say we do that after. Okay. We just said we're going to talk about historical fiction and then. <laughs> that was totally fair. <laughs> All right. Um, so I did, I have four technically, but one is one that I'll just say at the beginning. One, my last one is Pillars of the Earth, which oh. I talk about a hundred times okay. of our 227 episodes. So, um, if you're somehow not familiar, if you're new to our podcast, Pillars of the Earth is this huge sweeping story about this place called Kingbridge, which is a prior, and it's all about this guy, Philip, and uh, he is a res- he's like a monk who's very resourceful, and then there's Tom, this mason who wants to become an architect, and it's basically how their lives intertwine to end up with this huge Gothic cathedral, and it's the story sweeps or spans multiple time like multiple people's lives and it's this huge sweeping novel it's beautiful it's wonderful it's by ken follett but i've talked about it a bunch so i could justify putting that in there because it's historical fiction so now i actually have three not counting that okay so my first one (laughs) is verena by charles frazier charles frazier of course wrote uh cold mountain and this is his new one um also set partly during the civil war it's actually about the widow of um, Jefferson Davis, who was president of the Confederacy back um, during the Civil War. So uh, it's sort of, you know, about how the teenage Verena ended up marrying much older Jefferson Davis and then kind of got swept up into the politics of the North and the South and the Confederacy and all of that stuff. And then um, at the end of the war, her marriage is kind of falling apart, and, and she and her children escape to Richmond and travel south. And um, I heard an interview that Charles Fraser did on NPR shortly after the book came out, I think last month or the month before. That was actually really interesting. And, um, you know, I think we, we feature – we have in the past talked about books and featured authors who've written books about basically the women behind the men – that's like a common theme of mm-hmm. some of the things that come up. 
And I thought this was um, a really interesting take on that with looking at, at you know, the wife of, of Jefferson Davis. So that's Verena. I'm really glad that you picked that one and not Cold Mountain. Only because, actually, I almost put Cold Mountain on my list. But then I thought better of it because I was like, well, people want, pe- there's an interest for people to hear historical fiction recommendations. So it probably wouldn't make too much sense for us to suggest the wildly popular ones. Oh, yeah. Mine are all new ones. Um, yeah. That are either, I think one isn't even out yet. But yeah, no, I picked ones that I thought people would not mm-hmm. have necessarily heard about. But if you guys haven't read Cold Mountain. <laughs> if you have not yet, you it, should read it. It's a we, good one. <laughs> we actually read it, um, we read it in high school for. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and it was for a, it wasn't even for an English class. It was for history. It was, it was Man, a history class. I always wanted to take a history class like that. I'm so jelly. We are. I'll, I won't name names, but I'm I'm gonna throw my old his, our history teacher under the bus. Our history teacher was also the basketball coach. Ah, so still. we did we did two things: one that was educational, and one that kind of wasn't. The first part was we read historical fiction and historical books like Cold Mountain. Um, that was great. The other half is we just watched a bunch of movies that he thought like I saw in a high school U.S history class we watched the entirety of roots the eight part series that was like an hour and a half of each part we watched it in its entirety i feel like we're gonna like go on a total tangent it's okay Uh, my uh my freshman year this my history teacher was the football coach i don't remember anything from that class except it was really really boring the best history teacher though honestly used a lot of videos he had very um his classes were total opposites you either watched a random movie we did not watch roots but we did watch like um that america's castle show about mm-hmm. it was about um like the vanderbilt estate or yeah <laughs> it was like the marble house like all these like iconic houses <laughs> like we would watch those in uh-huh. history class we watched the Zapruder film in his in that history class uh, so if we weren't watching movies like that he was going off on these crazy lectures just like I just remember the day he talks about Watergate. We come into the classroom and the chalkboard is just covered with this <laughs> mind map, essentially, of all of the talking points <laughs> of Watergate and how they all. There's, I'm thinking of there's this. While you laugh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll talk. There's this really funny and like famous on the internet meme of. Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when he's trying to figure out who did something and there's this like, everyone always uses it on Twitter. He has his like sleeves rolled up really high and he has a cigarette in his mouth and he has this thing behind him with all these pictures and all these red yarn going everywhere. That's what I'm imagining your teacher doing. He was. He, yeah, it was either that or yeah, like when you when you see the, the memes with the person trying to solve math and it's sort of <laughs> the, the stuff <laughs> flashing in front of their face, uh-huh. the different um, uh-huh. formulas. It was that or it was watching a film that was questionably not academic, but he somehow made it work. Oh, we watched The Deer Hunter. We watched um, Glory. That was at least filmed in Cleveland, though. So, yes, like, The Deer, Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter was filmed in Cleveland, the parts of it. Parts um, of it. <laughs> we watched Glory, which oh to this gosh. day is one of my favorite war movies. Um, we watched Gettysburg. And then the follow-up to Gettysburg uh, gods and me- oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. It's like about. nine hours long. It's so <laughs> That's long. Hysterical. Again, this guys, this is all in one semester of a high school history class. We all got A's. 
So, we went off a little bit on anyway, tangent. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's a good. I like that tangent. That's a good, good tangent. Um, my next one is The Red Tent by Anita uh, Diamant. So this is really interesting. Somebody, we've gotten a few emails in the past about how we don't have uh, too many um, Christian books or Christian authors that come on. Interestingly, we have one coming on in the next couple of weeks who I interviewed. But I don't read a lot of uh, Christian fiction, but I am fascinated by biblical stories. Um, so The Red Tent is all about uh, Dinah, who... Dinah, this, the book is told through Dinah's voice, and Dinah is one of the characters who is only mentioned really briefly in the book of Genesis. Um her father is Jacob, and Jacob famously had 12 sons, and that's where Joseph and the Amazing Ten Color Dreamcoat came from. Um, but Dinah was in that family as well. So it begins with the story of um, her mothers, plural. Um, they're the four wives of Jacob, and they all really care for, Je- uh, for Dinah. They give her a bunch of gifts to kind of help her get through her very troubled and hard youth. Um and it just kind of tells her story, the story that it talks a lot about a view of biblical history from a woman's point of view, which you don't normally get too often in the Bible. So it's it's really good. It's really, really interesting. Um, and the cover is beautiful. So that's The Red Tent. I have Shadow Child by uh, Rana Rico Rizzuto. So this is about twin sisters, Hannah and Kay, who grew up in Hawaii in the 1950s and 60s. Um, They were raised in isolation by their loving but unstable mother. They were fatherless, mixed race, and utterly inseparable. But when their cherished um, threesome-month mama is broken and then further shattered by a violent, nearly fatal betrayal that neither young woman can forgive, it seems that their bond may be severed forever until six years later when Kay shows up on um, Hannah's lonely Manhattan doorstep with a secret. So this is set between New York City and Hawaii, and there's also um, a subplot related to Japanese internment and the bombing of Hiroshima. So this just sounds, it just sounds really good. Mm-hmm. That's sound, Shadow Child. It does sound really good. I have another one that sounds really good. <laughs> How great would it be like, I have a book that sounds terrible. Um, the Twelve Rooms of the Nile by Enid Schomer. I have not read this one, but it seems really interesting. So I'm going to read a little bit of the description. Before she became the 19th century's greatest heroine, before he had written a word of Madame Bovary, Florence Nightingale and Gustave Flaubert. Is that Flaubert? Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. I think it's French. Uh, They traveled down the Nile at the same time. And so this story takes the imaginative leap of kind of igniting the two of them in a a friendship, having them kind of have this long-lasting friendship based on their intelligence, their humor, and uh, kind of just it shows how it could have altered both of their destinies. So I don't want to give too much away. I, I read the entire description, and I thought it gave away a little bit too much, but it just seems really interesting that um, it's almost like the very beginning of um, the Murder on the Orient Express when there's people on a boat together, and they all end up... Or- going to the same place and Poirot kind of takes the conversations he heard from these people being on a boat with him and remembers it for later on 
It's from the movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's from the movie. I saw your face. I was yes. just like, they're on a train. Yeah, so the movie, he originally meets some people on a boat before he's getting to the train. But just the idea of having these two people who actually did exist and were very, you know, historically important, like just having them intersect at a certain part of their lives and what could have happened. So it's interesting to me. So that's uh, The Twelve Rooms of the Nile. I have The Summer Wives by Beatrice Williams. This doesn't come out until July, so you can put it on hold now. Be first, maybe. Um, so this is set in the number summer of 1951. It starts in the summer of 1951 when Miranda arrives on elite secretive Winthrop Island as a schoolgirl from the margins of high society, still reeling from the loss of her father in the Second World War. When her beautiful mother marries Hugh Fisher, whose summer house on Winthrop overlooks the famous lighthouse, Miranda's catapulted into a heady new world of pedigrees and cocktails, status, and swimming pools. Isabel Fisher, Miranda's new stepsister, is eager to draw Miranda into the arcane customs of Winthrop society. But beneath the island's surface, there are really two clans. The summer families, with their steadfast ways and quiet obsessions, and the working class of Portuguese fishermen and domestic workers who earn their living on the water and in the laundries of the summer houses. Uneasy among Isabel's privileged friends, Miranda finds herself drawn to Joseph, whose father keeps the lighthouse. In the summer, Joseph helps his father in the lobster boats, but in the autumn, he returns to Brown University, where he's determined to make something of himself. Um, And then years later, Miranda returns to the island as a renowned actress hiding a terrible heartbreak. And on its surface, the island remains the same, um, but... The formerly powerful Fisher family is a shadow of itself, and Joseph has recently escaped from prison where he was incarcerated. Um, so there's like a lot of you got those families, and it's a little upstairs, downstairs, and you got island secrets, and I'm all about this. That sounds really, really good. Yep. Um, so the last one of these that I have is White Houses by Amy Bloom. Uh, we were, I think we were both sent copies of this. So I was randomly sent. We were both, okay. I think we were, I don't remember. Yeah, so this tells the story of Lorena Hickok and Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, Lorena Hickok was this very famous and prominent reporter in the 1930s. Uh, she covered Franklin Roosevelt's first presidential election. And there is a history, like you can actually find, there are letters out there that Lorena Hickok wrote uh, to Eleanor Roosevelt. They had a very close relationship and it was later revealed that she was in love with Eleanor Roosevelt. So um, this takes the true story about that and, and expands upon it and turns it into a historical fiction novel um, about basically just this secret love affair. So it, it takes um, this, you know, this woman in Eleanor Roosevelt who was very much just like looked up, looked upon as this person, this like first lady who is a more just like a figurehead than anything else and and it actually turns her into a real person that you could see the workings kind of going on behind all the stuff that you actually saw. So that's White Houses by Amy Bloom. It's really, really good. And it's really short. It's like 200 pages. You can read it really, really quickly. So highly recommend. Those all the... That's all I got. Okay. You want to talk about whatever you're reading right now or have read recently? Sure. So I just recently... <laughs> I read, um, I finished four books last week, so it was very productive. Look at you. <laughs> it's a very productive week. Yeah, it is. Um, 
Uh, let's see. I the most recent one that I finished is is called Allegedly by Tiffany D. Jackson. It was a YA book that was recommended to me. It's about a girl Mary who um, is in um, a group home um, for teenagers after having allegedly killed a little baby that she'd been her mom had been babysitting. Um, so Mary's in this group home, um, with other teenagers and then she gets pregnant and it becomes this, this whole thing. Um, and it was really good and, you know, it touches on mother daughter relationships and the criminal justice system and how, um, girls are treated and, and there's like this undercurrent of, you're not sure what really happened the night of um, the baby's death. And so that sort of runs throughout the entire thing. And then after, so I finished that um, and I did it on audiobook. And then another book that had been recommended to me that I'm listening on audiobook currently is called Push Out. And it is about, um, I think the subtitle is, I'm going to actually have to look it up. Um, but it's about how girls of color uh are treated it's the criminalization of black girls in school that's the um the subtitle so yeah. it's it's about how society and schools um disenfranchise black girls in particular and and the effects this has on you know it's that sort of like school to prison pipeline sort of thing um and it just seemed like a good follow-up to allegedly mm-hmm. so that's what i've been reading nice um, so everything I'm reading is in preparation for Book Expo America and BookCon because, uh, your boy Adam has like nine interviews in three days, uh, with multiple authors. So, uh, I may be asking you guys in the next couple episodes for questions if you have any. So for example, uh, I just finished reading the fifth season, which is the first Broken Earth book from N.K. Jemisin, which is just a masterclass in science fiction and fantasy. And I'm going to borrow the second one immediately. I've been listening to it on audiobook. I'm sitting down with N.K. Jemisin and Anne Leckie, who Jill spoke with earlier this year. Um, if those names aren't familiar to you, they are basically, they're the best I, I hate to kind of qualify it like this, but it's a conversation we're going to have. It's They are like the most well-known women science fiction authors in the world. But just as a whole, they're some of the most well-known and successful science fiction authors, period, regardless. I would agree with that. Yeah, they're incredible. And I'm very excited. So if you have any questions for N.K. Jemisin or Anne Leckie or you're curious about science fiction in general or world building, feel free to let me know. They're doing a panel at BookCon all about the new classics of science fiction. So I'm going to kind of play off that a little bit with them. But the book, the fifth season, if you haven't read it, oh, it I feel like I could do an entire episode just breaking down this book. It's all, it's just, just go read it. I can't even really describe it. I'm still, I finished it this morning and I'm still formulating my thoughts. And speaking of uh, masterclass in writing, uh, Lonnie Taylor, I am sitting down with her and two other authors to discuss the enduring uh, popularity of fairy tales. Um, they, she writes a lot about fairy tales in her books, and I just finished listening to Strange the Dreamer, and 
she writes in a way that's just like it's almost like she's using English as a different language from what I understand. She's just so talented. Her descriptions are so incredible. Um, it's a YA book, and it's all about this guy named Strange who has these wild, wonderful dreams, and he goes on this journey. Uh, it's it's a mix of like a coming-of-age tale and an adventure story and a fairy tale and a disaster from a for a different city there's so much that goes into it i also wasn't aware that it's the beginning of a series when i was listening to it and i was doing one of those things where i'm sure you've all done this before i'm listening to the audiobook and i keep looking down and it's like 98 percent done we have not wrapped up anything what's happening and then it comes to the end and i was like oh gutted absolutely gutted so um those are the two i just finished up and then actually speaking of that conversation i'll be having um, about fairy tales, uh, Rena Rosner is one of the other ac- uh, actors, authors that I'm speaking with, and her book is called The Sisters of the Winter Wood. About halfway through it right now, it doesn't come out till later this year, but it's about these two sisters, and it's very much told in this uh, in a fairy tale aspect where they grow up in this very strict Jewish family, and they find out very early on that. Uh, the mother of the family can turn into a swan and the father of the family can turn into a bear and the daughters have this in their blood as well and um, you kind of start to learn where all that came from and the mythology behind it and it's very it's very whimsical and I'm really enjoying it so those are all, everything I'm reading right now I also last week listened to We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson because I realized I'd never read that before mm. and who talk about an unreliable narrator um so those are all that what i'm reading right now um fifth season and stranger dreamer are available right now uh the sister of the winter wood you'll have to wait on for a little bit but again if you have any questions that you would like to hear authors answer about fairy tales or science fiction in general um let me know. I'll be happy to ask them. And you can do that by emailing us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com or finding us on Twitter or Facebook at probooknerds. Visit our website. All that's on there, too. So. Other things you think people should know about? I think that's everything. I don't know. I think that's everything. Okay. We have a cool announcement next week for you guys, but we're not going to talk about that yet. So. We do? Mm-hmm. We'll talk once we stop recording. You know this. <laughs> you were on the call with me oh, yesterday, yeah. Jill. Oh, yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> Always making me sound like I'm not telling you things. No, I just forget. Yeah, it's things. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you again for voting. Again, visit our website. You can see our our polls updated and get all sorts of great stuff there. But for everyone who did vote, thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoyed all these historical fiction recommendations on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.